Well, it is so uh, fun to be here. I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, so I'm a, I'm a Texan. I've been living in Nashville for about 11 years, but Texas is my home. And, uh, you know, I know everybody has their favorite team, but I'm going to go ahead and make this known right now. Okay. All right. So let it be written. So let it be done. And so it's, it's, it's just an honor to be back here and uh, with, with home folk. And so uh, I've got some, some people that are from Nashville that moved uh, to Dallas. So they saw I was going to be in town. Uh, and so I want to introduce them. Jennifer, stand up real quick. Jennifer, she's a dear friend of me and my wife's there. This is Jennifer Martin. She, she saw I was going to be here, invited her out. And... Um, and then I ran into another person who I think they've been coming here a couple of times and they're from uh, Nashville, used to attend our church, their Oasis, and her name is Johanna and her family. Where are they at? Johanna, stand up over there. Give her a hand, Cloud. It's so good to see you all, all the way from Nashville, but she lives here. And uh, so I'm going to jump into the word of God, if that's okay with you all. And I believe God's going to do something great here today. But before I preach, I always like to introduce my family. So they're not here with me in person, but I think I have a picture. That's my family right there. And so, so y'all can tell we would fit right in here. Yes, sir. Yes, okay, right up in here we would fit. So I always love to introduce them. That is my lovely wife to the left. Her name is Heather. And uh, we've been married eight years, and it'll be nine years uh, next February. So give us a hand clap for that. We... we uh, she is from Wisconsin, but we met in Nashville, so she's a Green Bay Packer fan, so you can imagine. See, look at that. Look at that. See, Green Bay Packer fans, they only go full speed. That's it. There's no halfway, not in the middle. There's no gray area. And so you can imagine when our Cowboys played the Green Bay Packers. Now, me being the wonderful husband that I am, I was very silent in the household. In fact, at halftime, I got up and took the kids out and got them something to eat because I'm a smart man. Yes, you are. So, uh, but she is a, anybody ever watched those CSI programs? My wife is a forensic DNA scientist. I married way up and out of my league, and I'm okay with that. That's all right. I'm okay with that. And one of the things that my wife told me before we went to the altar, she looked at me. She said, if you ever do anything to cross me. Right. She said, I can get rid of you and all the evidence, and nobody will find out what happened. So I fear God and my wife. And I walk a straight line. Man. And then over here to the right is our firstborn, uh, Grayson Caleb Lindsay. And I love, there's many stories behind my children. And, and, you know, the doctors told my wife at a very early age she'd probably never have children but God. Yes, sir. Come on. Don't, don't ever. Come on. Come on. When, 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 when God promised you something, don't ever stand and argue with rejection. Just ignore it and keep on walking the path. Come on. Come on. You, you, can't, you can't argue with crazy. You can't. You can't argue with crazy. And so uh, there's Grayson. He is six years old. And then this is our miracle child. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But this is Carrington. And how many know I'm in trouble? That's Carrington. That's her. And so we love them. She's four years old. And so they are a joy. And this is my family. So give them a hand clap so they can hear you in Nashville. 
And so as Pastor Ray mentioned, I was here in town. I was at a, at a book and business expo talking about my, my new book next. And basically, guys, it's just uh, being a pastor for almost 20 years. I've sat across the desk for many Christian people that that knew that God had a plan for them, but they were waiting on God to do it. So they got real quiet on me right now. They were waiting on God to come in and, and hand them everything. And so God began to deal with me to, to give his people some practical action steps. Because here's the deal. God has a plan, but you still have to partner with God. Come on. God's, God's, God, God will only move when you move. You still have got to partner with the plan of God. And so as I was writing this book, it's filled with so many practical action steps, but it will free your mind. It will get your thoughts right. It will cause you and challenge you to go after. Listen, we got to wake up Monday morning. We can come in church and have a great time. Come on. Let me know Monday morning is it's knocking at your door. Yes, it is. And you still got to get up and get out of bed and hit the road. You got to put in the blood, sweat and tears. To see the plan of God come to pass. And so this, this book is all about next. What to do when you know. How I many you know there's something more? Yes, sir. Come on, you know. Come on. What you see right now, we can be thankful for it, but we're discontent. Come on. We know. When, when you know there's something more, God will not let you rest. Come on. He will wake you up in the middle of the night. He will stir you. Come on. He's not going to let you forget because I believe we live in a day and a time right now where it's no longer an option. It's imperative that we walk out the plan that God has for us. Come on. You you could hold the key to changing America. I'm telling you, you could hold the key to changing your neighborhood. You've got to step out. It's not an option. It's a mandate from God to take the next step to do what he's called you to do. Amen? Amen. All right, let's dive into this. And I've got about 40 minutes here. Pastor Ray was taking up some of my minutes, but his bride, as he mentioned, protected him. Give her a hand clap once again. <laughs> but I want, to, I want to leave you with a question today. What will you do Next, what will you do next when God comes along and whispers a plan in your ear? See, here's the deal. Faith requires you to move before anything happens. You got to remember that. Faith requires you to move before anything happens. The Bible says David ran to meet the giant. And no, he didn't call 1-800-PRAYER-LINE. He didn't have a consulting party. He didn't, he didn't. And here's the deal. So many times we consult with the wrong people. Right. Come on. Come on. See, there were no giant killers in the land, so he had nobody to consult with. And so many times when, when God is showing us to do something, we consult with people that have done nothing for God. And when you consult with people that are standing still, you will find yourself standing still. Uh-oh. Am I helping anybody right now? You will find yourself standing still when God is whispering, take the next step. That's all God needs you to do. David ran out to meet the giant. Noah finished the ark before one drop of rain fell. What will you do when God calls you to do something that's crazy? That doesn't make sense. That's beyond your thought process. I love this one. Joshua and his army had to march around Jericho in silence before the wall fell. I believe God wants us silent sometimes because sometimes things that come out of our mouth begin to hinder the plan of God. Come on, we got to get our vocabulary right. We got to start speaking to ourselves in the correct way. Listen, you are the first recipient of what comes out of your mouth. 
Come on, you got you you to get your language in line with the word of God if you're going to move forward and possess what God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, we know this scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for what? For good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I said this earlier, but we must actively partner with the plan of God in order to see it come to pass. I'm talking about the plan that's beyond your skill set. Listen, God's not going to call you to do something that you can do right now. Because it's easy. Come on. He's going to call you to do something that's going to stretch you. It's going to challenge you. It's going to require you to go to a next level. If you want to be effective in this kingdom, effective in this world, it's going to require you to maybe get some more knowledge on the inside. And one of the things I know about God's plan, it is far beyond your comfort zone. See, nothing great, write this down, nothing great happens within your comfort zone. Nothing extraordinary will ever happen within your comfort zone. You've got to get outside of your comfort zone. And you've got to trust God to do the impossible. You've got to trust God to do the impossible. And that's what I want to talk about because here's the deal. I believe that what's going to help our country, help our generation, help our, our uh, cities, help our communities, it's us doing the impossible. Come on, Adonis. We can't be afraid to do the impossible. Because if it's possible, it's not changing anybody's life. If it's possible, it's not changing your life. If it's possible, it's not a witness to anybody. Y'all with me? But when you step out by faith and take the next step and you do something that's impossible, it catches everybody's attention. And it doesn't point people to you because they know you. It points people to God. See, that's what God is all about. And I want to take you to a very familiar passage of Scripture. We're going to camp out here. Is that okay? Y'all all right with this? Y'all all right? Okay. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's found in the book of Exodus chapter 14. It's, it's the story of, of Exodus where, where Moses was leading the people of God out. And listen, let me just set, the, set the, the stage here for a moment. They were in captivity. Activity for, for hundreds of years, and we know it. God sent a deliverer. His name was Moses. Long story short, Pharaoh let my people go, and he let them go. And how many know when God does something great in your life, how many of you guys are excited about it? Yes. Come on. Anybody can rejoice when everything's going your way. Come on. When the miracle happens, the door opens, the blessing shows up. That's a great time to rejoice. And the people of God found themselves rejoicing, being freed from captivity, led by a leader. And I believe I'm talking to leaders here today. And this is what I want to hone in on, because if you're leading, comes a responsibility to keep taking those next steps. If you're leading, comes a responsibility to not get caught up in the crowd. One thing I know about the crowd, the crowd is fickle. Yes. The crowd is seasonal. Say that again. And God has a way of waiting till all of your cheerleaders are gone. God has a way of waiting till nobody is around to pat you on the back to say, good job. Where it's just you and him and the plan that he has for you. And Moses finds himself in that because they have been released and set free. But then the enemy 
The thing that they were set free from is marching back after them. Listen, the, devil's all, the devil will never stop. Right, right. He's always after you yes, to drag you back. He's, he's trying to drag you back into that old way of thinking, right. Right. that old way of doing and that old way of being. And we've got to keep moving forward. And Moses finds himself, we'll catch up in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Y'all okay? Yes. This is where they're standing before an obstacle called the Red Sea. And we've seen the movie Charlton Heston himself. Hollywood painted that picture, but I believe God's going to paint a good picture here today. But they're standing before an obstacle called the Red Sea. The enemy charging behind them. And God begins to speak to Moses. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. How many know that sounds good? How many know that's enough to get excited over right there? If God, if, if, if God were to speak a word to you and say, you're not going to see your enemy anymore today, that's enough to just go ahead and shout for the rest of your life. Amen? Some of you are already pitching those enemies and you, you, you've tied it to family members. Shame on you. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not going to see Cousin George anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And it's Thanksgiving's coming up. And I'm not going to, uh, yes. And that sounds good. And, the, and this is Moses. And then verse 14, he says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, I want to talk about leadership. Because there's something happens between verse 14, 15 and 16. Because we can just read the Bible and we think it all happens so quickly, like scripture, verse after verse after verse. But there's a timeline I want to I bring out today. Is that okay? There's, 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 there's a lot that happens between verses in the Bible. And so God allows us to use our imagination and step into the skin of these characters. Because in verse 14, he says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. But verse 15, this is where I want to get, 14 and 15. Because Moses steps out as a leader and he has to put on the leader face. He has to look at these people that are fickle, that are moaning, groaning, and complaining. See, this is why you can't get caught up in the crowd. You got to keep your eyes on God to go after what God, God mandated Moses. You're my deliverer. Nothing, nothing changes the plan that God has for your life. So good. So good. He was the deliverer when he was leading the people out, and he was still the deliverer when he's faced with the Red Sea. He was still the deliverer, the chosen one, when people were grumbling and and moaning and complaining. Well, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was still the deliverer. So he had to step out and be the leader and charge and encourage his people. But then there's that moment where it's not recorded in scripture, but between verse 14 and 15, Moses took off the leader face and he got alone by himself. And the reason I know he had a breakdown moment, because when we break down, we don't want anybody to see us breaking down. Come on. And as a leader, sometimes you just got to be strong. It doesn't mean you're, 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 you're two-faced. It just means you, you've got to be strong in the moment. 
But Moses steps away and he has a breakdown moment. And we're going to talk about that because in those breakdown moments is when you got to realize the plan of God is still there. Nothing has changed. Come on. God still has something for you. And the reason I know he broke down, because in verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Now, wait a minute. Moses just stood and and charged the people. God is going to fight for you. The next thing God says is, why do you cry to me? Know what Moses did when he got off the the rock or the pedestal and charged him? He broke down and said, God, I don't know how we're going to get through this. God, I don't even know if I'm your man to do this. God, maybe you messed up. God, you you mean you brought us out here to die? Is this going to be your testimony? You want me to stand up and say how the Lord did not work for us? Come on. Anybody ever talk to God like that? I do. Come on. That's crazy talk because sometimes you get in some situations where you got to talk to God crazy. Now, God, you spoke to me. And I put it out there before the people. I'm not going to take the blame. I'm going to blame it on you, God. That's, that's the breakout moment. Because he's human. And here's the deal. The reason why God calls you to do something that stretches you beyond your ability is God wants you to understand it has nothing to do with your humanity. God already knows the limitations that are on you. You don't have to remind him how human you are. He created you. He knows what you can do and he knows what you cannot do. But he's got to put you in a situation where you understand it's not your degree that got you to where you are. He's got to put you in a situation where you understand it's not your good looks. It's not what's in your bank account. He's got to squeeze all of you out of you. Because he knows he's taking you to a next level. And when you get there, you will have no other alternative but to say, look what the Lord has done. Come on, is anybody with me today? That's what it's all about. So God allowed Moses to have this pity party. This, this temper tantrum. Now, don't look at me like y'all don't have temper tantrums. Because we do. We do. I remember years ago, and the reason I remember this, because, I mean, you know, sometimes when you're young, uh, uh, something happens in your life that sticks with you. And I remember, I was just a young child, maybe six, seven, eight years of old. I was, I was in Bay City, Texas with my, my grandmother, spending the summer with her, and we were out at the grocery store, and I saw this little kid walking down the aisle, and he reached for some candy, and his mama said, no. No, Johnny, you can't have that. And Johnny fell out in the floor, and his mama freaked out. Oh, no, okay, quit. Here you go, son. You can, you can have that. Just shh, 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 shh. So I'm looking at that, and I'm like, hmm. Hmm. My little six, seven-year-old mind, like, now, if it worked for Johnny. So, so, the only difference was, you know, Johnny was white, I'm black, and my, so I'll get up and I'll reach for some candy, and my grandma said, no, Donis, you can't have that, it's going to ruin your dinner. I want it now. Now, I don't remember anything after that. Come on, baby. I don't. It's like, it's like, I just can't. It's like, I just, I don't, I just, 
But what will happen, God will allow you to stay in that pity party and then slap you into reality. Mm-hmm. He will slap you into reality because he doesn't have any time to waste. And make no mistake about it. If you don't take the next step, God will find somebody who will. Okay, it's his plan. His plan is not just dependent upon you. He will find somebody who will trust him enough to step out in faith and do what he's called them to do. Now, I love this because God let him have his pity party. But then he began to speak to him. Here's the reality check. God knows he's faced with an obstacle. And whatever it is that's blocking you from getting to your dream, or maybe it's a past failure, maybe it's a bad mistake you made. Listen, there's life beyond failures. Yes, there is. And there's more beyond your mistakes. Amen? Amen. And God will sit there and begin to speak to you. He's not going to look at the situation, but he's looking at you. And in verse 16, I love this because God broke through his pity party and he gives him some instruction. I want you to catch this. He says in verse 16, he says, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, I don't know if anybody catch that, but God never told Moses that I'm going to divide the Red Sea for you. He, he never, never told him that. Because God still requires you to step out in faith. Okay? If it doesn't take faith, it's not moving God. And it's not moving anybody else. And it's not changing anybody's world. And it's not making your life any better. What will you do when God asks you to do the impossible? God asked Moses to do something that was humanly impossible. He asked a man. He said, you stretch out your rod, stretch out your hand, and you divide the sea. Now, God showed him the plan, but he said, Moses, you need to work the plan. And God will speak something to you that will rock your world. Yes, it will. He will step from behind the shadows. And lay something on you that will blow your mind. And then he will step back to watch and wait to see what you will do next. That's where he left Moses, in the midst of that. Now, this is what we tend to do sometimes. We, we, some of our common responses are to be, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. That's just real. Or, you know, God, what, what will people think? If, 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 I, if I lift up my rod and stretch out, people going to laugh at me? Because, see, as Christians, I mean, we don't, we don't like to look like we miss God. Right, 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 right. Come on, daughters. We don't. Me and my wife, we, we, we have a, a relationship ministry as well. We minister to married couples and, and, and dating couples and, and like the bass player back here. Uh, man, he was rocking on that bass. And, and he, he said, I'm not single. I got a girlfriend. No, you single. You, you single until you put a ring on it. You single. Okay, I'm just being real. Okay, so there's a ring and commitment. You single. And so we minister to a lot of single people. And, and one of the things when they come across and say, well, the Lord told me that person is for me. 
and they lock themselves into something that all the signs point, you about to make the biggest mistake of your life. But they get caught in the trap of, I don't want to tell everybody that I miss God. Why? Because I already put it on social media. I already put it out there on Facebook. We already took the pictures, and I don't want to have to go take them down. No, no, you need to swallow some pride. Come on. And not be afraid of what people think. Good. Good. Amen? If you're going to step out and do God's plan, what if I fail? What if I, what if I do this and, and, and the people don't think I'm a good leader? Listen, all of those things will keep you frozen and standing still. And God will only stand in the shadows for so long because his plan must come to pass. His plan must come to pass. But he's watching and waiting to see what you will do next. And I love this as, as we get to this. Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. Give me a hand clap to encourage me because I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going I'm to keep taking those next steps. But I love it because in the midst of that, you, you can imagine the, the battle that, that Moses went through. He probably went out when everybody else was asleep at the camp just to kind of test it. God said, lift up my hand. He's kind of, he's kind of. Come on, you, I would have done the same thing. I would have tested it out. God, you got to show me something. I would have, man, just, you know, and that's how we do. But here's the deal. God doesn't want you just standing at the edge of the waters, baby. You got to either jump in into the deep. What did Jesus tell Peter? He said, he said yeah, you've had, you've, had a, you've had an overnight failure of a fishing trip. But this time I want you to do something different. You've got to launch out into the deep. Quit hanging around shallow people. Quit having these shallow thoughts and shallow thinking. You've got to launch out into the deep. And the only way you're going to really get God's response and attention is when you jump out in the deep. You're all in on this. Okay, so there it is. Moses is having that struggle and finally he gets to the point. Listen, God will allow the pressure to come. Come on, because the enemy is louder and louder on the other side of that. Come on, that 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 pillar of fire and that cloud. But the enemy is louder and louder and the grumbling of, of his people. By this time, they're probably accusing him. God will force you to either jump in or stay out. I don't know about you. I'd rather jump in. I'd rather be like those lepers. If, if we stay here, we're going to die. I mean, you got to get to a place where you, you're ready for the more that you know is out there. And you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and call yourself out at times and say, if you stay here, nothing will change. So what are you going to do next? And so this is what Moses did. Here we go. I love this. Verse 21, as, as Moses has this internal fight, and finally he gets to a place. Now remember, God never told him that he would, he would divide the sea. He told Moses to do it. Verse 21 said, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. All that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground. What happened? God waited for Moses to take the next step. Remember, God's waiting in the shadows. 
And the only thing that drew God out from the shadows is when Moses took the step and stretched out his hand. Moses didn't know what was going to happen. Listen, God is waiting on you to follow his instructions completely. Because the moment he stretched out his hand and the Lord calls. Here's the deal. You want the miracle to take place? I tell people all the time, you know, people that are bleeding for jobs. You know what? Even if you don't have the right education, if you're not even qualified for it, you step out in faith. Dress up. Go and fill out the application. And the Lord calls. See, you have no idea. Come on. You, and the Lord caused when you take a step in faith and you believe God in the midst of adversity, in the midst of circumstance that point against you. See, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. God never said it would be easy. But there are going to be some times where you feel like it's impossible. Oh, to do what God's calling you to do. And that's not a setup for failure. That's actually a setup for success. Yes, it is. Thank you. Yes, it is. Because you're not depending on you. You're depending on God. Right. Amen. Is this helping y'all right now? Listen, I'm going to close with this story. And this is, this is, this is going to bless you. This is, this is when you hit those moments in your life where you have the up and the downs. Maybe you go through a season where some good things are happening, but then you hit something that is humanly impossible and you don't know. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't even know what to do. And your faith is being challenged. As I had my family up there earlier and you saw our kids, Grayson and, and, and Carrington, and as I mentioned earlier, my wife was told at a very young age that she would probably never have children. And so we looked at each other before we got married, and we knew this was going to be a, a challenge maybe down the road. And we looked at each other in the eye and said, well, we're going to trust God when we get there. Yes. See, sometimes you, you're not going to have all the answers. Yes. So quit trying to figure out everything. So good. You just got to trust God when you get to that crossroad. Yes, and so we looked at each other and said, we're just going to trust God when we get there. So we got married 2008, and I think... Uh, a year and a half later, or maybe a year later, we start trying to have kids. And just, just nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And, and, and so finally we went to a, a fertility doctor. And long story short, we, we got on track. She started taking the medication, and we had Grayson. And so we praise the Lord over that. I mean, know when sometimes it, it doesn't mean that it won't happen. God may have to send you on a different route. Come on. And you got to be okay with that. God will never deny you. He may delay you or reroute you. But you got to trust God all the way. So we had Grayson and we knew we wanted a second child. We felt like God was calling us to have, have two children. And, and so then we started trying for Carrington. And this time we got pregnant on our own. And so we got pregnant and we were like, wow, man, praise God. We didn't have to go to the fertility doctor. We got pregnant and uh, about... I don't know, maybe it was about two months after we got pregnant with, you know, the second time, my wife called me. I was at work, and she goes, babe, I, I got this pain, and I don't know what's going on. And so we went to the doctor, and long story short, we had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you know, it's like my faith was rocked and devastated. I'm like, I'm driving home. I'm arguing with God. Yeah. God, I prayed for people to have babies, and this is the best you can, this, this is the best you want me to, God, you want me to stand up Sunday morning and say, look what the Lord did not do. That's what you want me to do. Yeah. I'm trying to guilt God. Yeah. Right, right. 
that crazy talk because we, we go there. And, and, and we had a miscarriage, and we didn't tell everybody in the church that we had a miscarriage. Not because we were ashamed of it, because here's the deal. Not everybody can handle what you're going through. And especially sometimes Christian folk, we can say some crazy stuff. We can. We, we, we can say some crazy stuff. Like, like here's one right here. It's like, well, maybe the Lord didn't want you to have that child. Or here's one that really, really gets me, you know, when, when things don't work out and they're like, well, maybe, maybe somewhere you opened up a door to the devil. So I thought about that. I said, you're right. You're right. I did. I opened up a door to the devil when I told you what was going on in my life. So I'm about to close that door right now, baby. And I'm not going to ever open it again. So we got through that, and we ended up going back to the fertility doctor, and they put us back on medication. And so long story short, we, we hit a moment to where we, we felt like, okay, there's, you know, my wife hadn't had a cycle. We think, it's, think we're pregnant, and we went out and got all these pregnancy tests. And that's the deal. When, when I bought stock in these pregnancy tests. It's, uh, I should have brought them and sold them my products today because I got them. I mean, we had them. And so... We took three of them, like, in, in three consecutive days, they were all negative. And still no cycle. And I'm thinking, God, come on, man. Is this, God, you need to show up. Because yeah. Yeah. there's nothing I can do. There's nothing she can do. And so finally we went, to the, we went back to the doctor, and they checked her out, and they, they said, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're not pregnant. And they even said, you know, you've, you've not even ovulated. And they said, so here's some pills. Anybody got a bottle of pills? I forgot to bring them. Just, I know you're scared right now. You're thinking, you're thinking he's going to read the label. They're going to know I'm crazy up in here. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Yeah, you're good. Whoever got y'all good. They good. They good. They, they good. So, so they, they subscribed some pills to her. They said, go home and take these pills. It will flush your system out immediately. And then in about a month, y'all can start trying again. So we went and we got these pills. And, oh, I was devastated. Just driving home, looking at my wife. And as husbands, we try to fix everything. But I said earlier, God will, God will put you in some situations where you will realize it has nothing to do with you. But are you still trusting him for the next thing in your life? And so that's it. We're driving home and we, and we get out the car. We walk into the house and... And I remember we walked into our bedroom. I handed these pills to my wife. She went in the bathroom. Listen, true story, guys. Listen. She, this is the same day we left the, hospital, the doctors. They said we were not pregnant. Handed these to my wife. And I know what you're talking about, how the queen protects the king, because there I was. I'm a preacher, man of faith, power, and victory. I handed these to my wife. And I sat down on the edge of the bed, putting my head in my hands, and I started thinking about plan B. I mean, no, God's still on plan A. I started thinking about plan B. And I handed these to my wife, and she walked into the bathroom. I could still hear the peels as she shut the door. And about a minute later, the door opened up, and she walked out. She had these peels, and she said, I know what the doctor said. That's what she said. She goes, I know I'm looking at three failed pregnancy tests right here. 
She said, but I feel like I need to try one more time. That's what she said. One more time. That's, come on. That's what she said. Same day. She said, I feel like I need to try one more time. So she set those pills down. And she walked back into the bathroom and I said, we had a stock of those pregnancy tests. And she grabbed one of those tests. Come on, Adonis. Come on. And she took that test and she called me back in and she, we held it up. And I had that crazy talk with God one more time. <laughs> I said, God, we need to see two pink lines instead of one. Yes, and 30 seconds later, yes, two pink lines yes, stretched up. That's our little girl. That's our little girl. That's our little girl right there. That's our little girl right there. Now, here's the power of that. And the reason I said all that is to say this. I'm closing out in just a few seconds here. But the thing you're believing God for, the plan, the promise, the destiny, is already on the inside of you. See, that's why you're being challenged so much. Even when you can't see it, the devil sees it, and he's, you've caught his attention when slam doors and rejection hits and things fall apart and the car breaks down. He sees what's on the inside, so he's got to distract you and, and get your focus off. That's what it is. It's already there. And I didn't get this Till later on, seriously, till later on, my, my girl was probably one or two years old when I finally caught the power of what happened. I was telling the story one day and God, as I was telling it, God was revealing to me what really happened. She was already inside my wife's womb. Even with the failed pregnancy test, she was, she was, oh my God, somebody needs to catch some, no, no, somebody needs to catch that. Somebody needs to catch that right now. She was already there. She didn't just magically appear. God doesn't wave a wand and something just magically, it's already there. Through the failed pregnancy test, through the doctor's report that says you haven't even ovulated. <laughs> Through the bad report that says you've got the wrong education. Wow, wow. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Somebody needs to catch that. Come on, you're already that person. You're already, it's, it's on the inside of you. It will be challenged until you take the next step and you step through adversity, step through the bad report. She was already there. Already there. Listen, don't buy into the lie. That can flush your promise right out of you. Come on. Don't, don't, don't buy into the lie that can flush it away. Come on, Come on. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. Some of you need to go home and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to try it one more time. I need to try it one more time. I need to try it one more time. I didn't catch the power of that. But I'm reminded of it. And my little girl today, she's, she's cute. I'm in trouble. Yes, I am. But she's feisty. And I didn't put two and two together. On the, but 
I believe with all my heart she was fighting for her yes. life. Yes, she was. Yes, yes. she was. Why? Because the Bible says, God says, even before I formed you, I knew you. I knew you. I believe she was fighting. Your promise is fighting to stay alive on the inside of you. And it all depends, I'm going to close with this, on what you do next. Stand with me today. It all depends on what you do next. I'm going to say a prayer over you, then I'm going to invite Pastor Ray up. Because I know here, just like our church, you never like to close a service without giving someone an opportunity to meet the Lord.